Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Three Under Par podcast. This is a golf podcast where Little White Ball is live. I'm your host, Scotty T, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, KJ and T-Bone. How's it going, boys? What's going on? Doing pretty good. I'm uh, Normally, I say I'm happy to be here, but uh, I don't know. I played golf yesterday, and I just hit some shots, and I was like, why, why am I this involved in golf? Like... <laughs> You you suck. Why why are you playing golf all the time and investing this much time in a podcast? But that was temporary. I'm back. I'm back. Happy to be here. But well, I d- I just wanted to clarify that I did have some dark thoughts yesterday on the golf course. Well, it's the off season too, right? Okay, that's true for yeah. some people. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So uh, yeah, check us out on social media at three under par pod. That is the number three three under par pod. That is the same across all the social media platforms. For right now. That's the best way to get a hold of us. Tweet at us, DM us, uh, and we'll definitely give you the follow-back on Twitter and Instagram, hashtag TeamFollowBack. And wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe and write us a review and give us a five-star rating. Uh, we've, had a, we've had a few people give us reviews on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. So we got a lot to get into for this episode. We're going to dive into it. Uh, congrats to Justin Rose. Justin Rose won the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines. Now, I know y'all were playing on Sunday. I stuck around and watched the broadcast uh did y'all have a chance Someone to, watch? Had to do it yeah you know it's it's for the pod I, I did we got we got done at a decent hour um and i went home and watched almost every shot of it i guess it definitely uh takes away that question in one of our other episodes that we were asking do you think he can win the first major of the year uh i think he's gotten used to the clubs it was his second <laughs> tournament back and he already won with the equipment changes that's amazing. You're just throwing lasers. I'm guy, feeling, guy was on. I'm feeling way more confident about my player's pick. Yeah. Now because of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm on the I'm on the train. I'm on the train. I, I'm on the Rose train. I I got him winning a major too. So we'll see how it goes. Right. Well, yeah. You know, quick stats. I mean, I mean Tory Pines is not an easy golf course, and he made that course his bitch. It's a ball strikers golf course. So obviously, you know, he he had finished top ten in the past. I think the past two years he had. And so it definitely made sense why he was able to go out and win this week. But, yeah, he just – Did so, he break a course record? I don't think he broke a course record, no. I, since it's been redone, that's the lowest That's the lowest tournament. I think Tiger has the course record. I don't know. He tore it up. I know on Sunday he had – the or on Saturday he had the chance to break the 54-hole record and made either bogey or double on 18. Yeah, he had well, like six – he had three sixes on Saturday and was still – the tournament was over already. Yeah, he, he he. That's impressive. Yeah, he knocked in the water on Saturday on 18 to have bogey or to make bogey, and yeah, I remember watching the broadcast and I was like, "What are you doing?" He's hitting like 260 out. You know, it's a small green pond right in the middle. I mean, he already had a four shot lead at that point. Like, just. I know? think the viewers know my stance on coming up 18 with the lead, especially four stroke lead. Just putter, 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 putter. putter. Take right. take seven. You know, just take the trophy and shake everybody's hands. Yeah, but, you know, it's definitely – I feel like there are almost, like, two starts to the PJ Tour season. I mean, I mean, there's the wraparound season, and then when Kapalua, they're in Hawaii. That's kind of like – it's like you're on vacation time. It, like, time is just different. But when that first tournament at Torrey Pines, that's when the golf season really kicks off for me. That's and good I, time. I love it. I love it. Yeah, so he actually passes Sir Nick Faldo for more PJ Tour wins Yep. in his career. He passes the $50 million mile mark. And career earnings, it's pretty great. Uh, I heard once that you know Justin Rose has only missed one cut since the 2017 PGA Championship. That's wild. 
I mean, the guy pretty pretty salty. Steady. I mean, the I mean, there's a reason why he's number one in the world, and he proved it there this week. So definitely, congrats to Justin Rose. You know, quick thoughts. Well, before that, we need to give our honorable don't mention to the guy who finished dead last. DFL. Are we talking to- about T Bone on Sunday or somebody else? We're talking about big dogs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the guys actually play for money. Uh, well, yeah, we did, we did. Oh yeah, that's a good but point. We all we were all too drunk on the way out, and I think we forgot to pay up. <laughs> uh. So this year, so this week's honorable don't mention goes to Seamus Power. He shot ten over. He's from Ireland. Official world golf ranking three seventy four. Uh, he actually played in the Olympics in Rio. He represented Ireland because uh, Rory McIlroy famously didn't want to play in Rio for the Olympics. I mean, he may have finished last, but he's in first place with a name like that. Seamus Power? Seamus Power. Isn't it Seamus? Damn it. Yeah, you're right. It's probably Seamus. Probably Seamus. I totally botched that. I'm sorry, (laughs) y'all. Whoops. Anyway. Well, well, damn, that is a last place name then. Seamus? Seamus, but Powers? I mean, But he's from Ireland. That's as Irish as it gets. Seamus. So so the question is now, we know T-Bone's, you know, legendary picking status. Irish boy? What do you think? You think he's taking it home this year? For what? Port Royal. Po- oh, oh, for yeah. the Open? Yeah. He's got to. He's home. Maybe. Seamus might. I don't know about Seamus. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I'm probably going to cut that, but probably not. Probably not. Yeah, we're, we're going to let it ride. Um, you know, the broadcast, it was the first CBS broadcast of the year. Honestly, I fell asleep. That's when I took my nap on Sunday. The, I mean, because Justin Rose, he's like the stereotypical golfer, why people hate golf. Like, he's so boring. Like, it's it's almost annoying just how boring and consistent he is. Granted, that just shows how good he is. But, I mean, I definitely got my nap in on the back nine for a few holes. In the CBS broadcast, they, they did the top tracer technology a little weird. I, just, I didn't really like it, but it was nice seeing Jim Nance back. I'm a big fan of Jim Nance. I think everybody's a big fan of Jim Nance. If you're not, then you're not American. I don't I think. I want to hear from you if you're not. Please, yes. <laughs> send me, and I will send some heat back. <laughs> you know, on a side note, though, it came out this week that NBC, they're uh, on all their golf broadcasts this year. They're going to have top tracer technology on every single shot this year on NBC broadcast, which generally, like, I don't – it's hard to tell the difference between the two because they're so similar. They got it down to science and everything. But this is really something I think that's going to help at least separate NBC in terms of broadcast. I don't know. What do you all think? I think it's great. We've, we've talked about it before, especially somebody who's, you know, doesn't know everything about golf or somebody's, you know, drinking, sitting there watching it. It really helps seeing what they're doing. And when you get somebody who understands golf, then you can see, you know, the shots that they're thinking about, you know, validated. You know, this guy's definitely going to peel this one off the bunker, stay away from this, work it away from this, work it into this green because of the ridge, something like that. So it, it's it's good for every level of, you know, viewer. And I, I do think that'll separate them from, you know, other broadcasts for sure yeah absolutely um so real quick too we want to uh i wanted to touch on the european tour bryson dechambeau won the omega dubai desert classic scaff loves that dude hashtag dominate (laughs) wow (laughs) bryson man he blew away the field he really did he shot 24 under it was a record at 24 under and he won by seven he won by seven i remember watching the uh previews for that tournament this week and they just kept showing Bryson like that that was kind of the headline that he was playing and I just I knew he was gonna win he I feel like it's just to that point 
He's so good. It's very likely he's going to win a lot of tournaments. Do you think he's going to be ranked number one in the world here pretty soon? Because he's won four of his last nine worldwide starts. I mean, the guy's been playing some fantastic golf here in the last six months or so. And another thing that just shows you how good he is is when Justin Thomas is commenting on it. He tweeted mm-hmm. out at Bryson saying, I should have studied more in, in science class growing up. Um, I mean, it's not <laughs> it's not that funny because Justin Thomas, I don't think you're very funny. But... Um, <laughs> It, it just shows you that if if other golfers are not on, obviously all golfers are taking note of this, but when you're tweeting it out, it's you got to be the like the real deal. You're playing some damn good golf. Yeah. On the broadcast, you know, we, we've talked about it. you want to hear what's going on inside the ropes, right? Listening to Bryson and his caddy talk, it's unbelievable. Like, I I, I just don't even know. I don't, I don't even know. He's There's, talking about air density. In between shots, like, oh, like, what's the air density now? Like, I'm, I'm sure, I know the band is compass that he tried to have on the green. Like, he's doing, he's got like a Doppler radar out there, it seems like. That just, gosh. He I, said he wants to know the game better, too. It's, I don't know. Well, obviously with him winning, it definitely validates what he's doing even more. I think that's why people hated him to begin with, because, you know, he was on those Microsoft commercials with the tablets and, you know, got all the science stuff going on in the, in the background and, I mean, he wasn't winning anything. Yeah, that sucked. I mean, granted, he had won stuff as amateurs or as an amateur. They did, they did a little interview. Did y'all see the interview after? And they were talking about, and he actually, I don't know if he technically um, compared himself to Einstein, but he was talking <laughs> about he was talking about knowing the game better and things like that. He goes, you know, I want to leave something. And talking about Einstein's general relativity, that was his number one goal in life. Mm-hmm. You know, figure that out, leave something behind. Yeah, leave a legacy. That's what Bryson, in his own words, trying to do for the game of golf. Trying to figure out the game of golf. And I think it's hard to say that anybody's going to figure out this game. He's got something going on. He's got something going on. Yeah, you know, me and T-Bone were kind of talking offline, uh, KJ. I mean, do you think he can really keep this up? I mean... I'm, I'm talking like over probably 20, 30 year career because he's putting like he is grinding every single yeah. week, and there's so much information that he's trying to take in. Do you think he can keep it going that, over oh, yeah. over a career? When when you're playing tournament golf, it's it's not just your physical you know stamina. You get emotionally, mentally drained. I would never be able to finish a round of golf if mm-hmm. I was putting that much in. Mm-hmm. I would talk to my caddy on the first hole, be like, "I'm I'm out of here. Where's the halfway house?" <laughs> you couldn't pass pre-cal in high school. Uh, okay, so <laughs> real talk, I got a full-on seven there. Yep. I I did save the environment by every time the teacher Just came to around. Just a seven percent. Yes, that's out of a hundred. <laughs> I did tell the teacher every time she would come around with a test, just go ahead and save the paper, and uh, I'd, I'd go play golf and start working on my game a little early. But, yeah, pre-cal, mean numbers, not so much. Uh, I'm not a big fan of it. But I, I will tell you, you're talking about Bryson keeping it up. I think at some point he's almost going to have to dumb it down. He's almost going to have to dumb it down to where yeah. he says, this works for this, I'm going to stop searching on this aspect. I look at his swing, and with that, you know, not a lot of risk, taking it back shut, that's going to shut down his backswing. Like, he can't get all the way back. That's not a swing that you're going to have at 50. Yeah. He's not going to be hitting it, you know, 280 like Freddie. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think – There's no way. You know, uh, I, he definitely is going to change the game. And I think with juniors, you're going to see a lot more juniors having the clubs that are the same length, you know, stuff like that. I mean, because that truly is revolutionary, what he's doing. And, again, he's winning, so it works. But – I mean, not many people are as physically gifted 
as Bryson is. I mean, what is he, like 6'3", or something like that? Not everybody's 6'3", in the world. And, yeah, you're right, his swing, it almost looks painful. It, oh, my low back would just be I'd, – I'd be, I'd be short as T-bone off the tee box. <laughs> like, I would not even get the shaft vertical probably. Yeah, he rips it now, though, for <laughs> T-bone knows. But, yeah, you know, that's a really interesting point. You know, a lot of people were kind of talking about that, I feel like, at the beginning of Tiger's career. Like, you know – I mean, can he keep it up swinging that violently at the golf yeah. ball? Granted, it was under control, but it was still very violent. And then we've seen throughout Tiger's career, he had a lot of back problems and mm-hmm. knee problems because there's so much pressure and torque that goes on that left knee when you're trying to post it through the ball. I mean, look, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Bryson's still young enough, so it can work because he's really athletic too. So, no, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. What do you think, T-Bone? I know he's your boy. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that swing is – like comparing it to Tiger, it's uh, it seems a lot more sustainable. I mean, it, it seems I don't know if that's like gonna have a toll on his wrist or back, but it it seems like it's a lot of arms, and I don't know if that'll have the biggest toll. I think what we're talking about is as far as like the mental game of it. Well, I think it's both. I don't know. I, don't I know. just I just think he's like it when he first kind of came out on tour it was is this real is this a facade or whatever but i think it's pretty real and i think he's just like I agree. a total golf nerd and likes doing that and i don't see him ever changing that i you, mean you can't change the guy yeah at some point i think he is going to change you know the process absolutely slightly cuz like, like you said he's a golf nerd yeah that that's just him he's going to do that no matter what yeah Absolutely. We'll see how sustainable it is, but I don't know. I think uh, Bryson will keep on uh, studying in the lab and just keep it going. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, also, this week at the European Tour, on 18 on the last day, uh, Hao Tung Lee from China. Did you all have a chance to see this? He was addressing his ball, and he's literally, and he makes it to finish for, uh, tied for third. You know, very big. It's a, it's a big tournament. It's a good finish, but... When he was addressing the putt, I mean, those who are listening, please go back and watch it because it is crazy. He's addressing the putt and, in, you know, part of the new rules. The Side note, these new rules are driving me crazy. <laughs> the, the, I, I can't stand them. One of the rules we haven't really touched on is that, that your caddy can't line up of the golfer. Right. Now, granted, a lot more LPGA players, I uh, think, I were doing that. I thought that was going to be where the issue was because you have a lot of those girls having their caddy right behind them until they're really ready to make that backswing and they step out. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Hao Tong Lee, he's addressing his putt. It's probably like a two-footer, and his caddy's standing behind him, and he walks away. But, like, his right foot, and he, like, kind of starts addressing it. Like, it's very gray in that gray area. And so the RNA called a two-shot penalty on him, and it dropped him from tie for second to tie for 12th. Ooh, psych. I mean, that is hundreds of thousands of dollars that he lost because of that. And then, at least I know on the PJ Tour, if you finish top 10, like if you have, you know, marginal status, you get to play the next week on the tour. So in this guy's case, that would have dropped him out of that top 10 race. Like, it's, that was so dumb and that was bullshit. Like, I'm, that was, I'm so mad. That one's going to, I feel bad for him. That one's going to come back. They're, they're going to look at that and everything. He didn't have his putter behind the ball. Yes, he was getting in there. But, like, if you're lining me up, I want you doing a lot more than leaving before I even put my putter behind the ball. Yep. Like, man. So, uh, I guess coming back to the States here, did y'all see Spieth and Reed hug it out before they teed off together on Saturday? What would y'all think? So, when I saw that happen, it just – I can rep, uh, relate about 90% of things that happened to me to the office. <laughs> and what I thought of was Michael Scott and Dwight – when Dwight kind of went behind his back to 
to take his job to Ooh, Jan. Yes. And he finally catches him and all the, everything happens. You guys can watch the episode. Um, but Michael looks to Dwight and he goes, hug it out, bitch. <laughs> he goes, that is what men do. And that's just kind of what I, I, I feel like was going through each other's heads. Like, hug it out, bitch. That's just, that's just all I could think of when I saw that, that, Kind of awkward, but kind of not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man hug. It kind of. It was almost bromantic. I really thought it was slightly bromantic. Yeah. And do y'all think it was fake, or do you think it was real? I mean, because I mean, for you those know they didn't know, set it up because you yeah. know Spieth doesn't have Reed's number, so he definitely <laughs> deleted that. So especially they didn't right set after it up. Well, the thing <laughs> is with golf is, I mean, they're going to be out there for what four hours, four and a half hours. You might as well just break the ice at the beginning. I was kind of hoping that they wouldn't say anything to each other. I mean, because Patrick Reed, if anybody's going to play the quote-unquote villain on the tour, it's going to be Patrick Reed. And I, mean, I heard one guy put villain. it best. He goes, that's just so golf of them to hug it out oh, before yeah. the tee. Like, Damn, that, that is, is right. That is, that is quintessential golf right there. Like, come on. Like, I want a villain that I want to root against, much like in the NBA for a long time, even still as LeBron James. You know, people tune in because they either want to see him succeed or fail. And golf just doesn't really have that. And I don't know. That's well, closest we have to that is Tiger. You have the diehard Tiger fans, and then you have some people that grew up watching him win every single week, almost run golf. Like us, yeah. Yeah, you, you turn on the channel just to see how many he's going to win by, you know. Yeah. So that kind of got old. I'll, I'll give you that. I'm not gonna say I'm a tiger hater. I'm definitely not. But if you're if you're talking about wanting to see somebody just succeed or fail, that's the only reason to do it. That'd be the guy, Tiger. Yeah. Regardless, if they made amends or whatever happened, Reed's always gonna be the villain. Yeah, that's true. He's easily the most hated man in golf. Yeah. I guess speaking of Tiger, you know, this was his his calendar year debut. What'd y'all think? He looked good. I I didn't think he was gonna come out firing. You know, even with the even with the. Uh, you know, track record he has at Torrey. Like, the guy dominates that place. But, like you said, it's his debut, you know. Right. I guess I've got to mention KJ wasn't on the last podcast. Uh, but You're welcome, guys. We, the we, talent's back. We Talent's back. Talent's back. We, I mean, T-Bone, we talked about our expectations, and I mentioned I just hope he made the cut because I wanted to see him get, you know, four full rounds in, see how he felt and whatnot. And he made the cut. Look, I mean, he finished T-20. That's better than what I expected him to finish, honestly. I mean, because he didn't look good during the match. He didn't have a good showing at the Hero World Challenge. It's his first tournament back. Um, you know, I think T20 is definitely a step in the right direction. Because, look, for guys like Tiger, it's all about majors, man. Like, it's it's the players and the majors. That's, frankly, all that he cares about. Yes, he would love to catch Sam Snead's record at 82. but I right. still think it's a reps thing, too. He, he Like, he still needs, like, some tournament play, but he's definitely going to, like you said, gear up for the – majors and the big ones at this point in his career that mm -hmm. tory was a great that's a great start for him because i mean he can almost go out there blindfolded you know with yes. his record so he could have played poorly or he could have played good and i still think he would have you know making cuts no problem with his eyes closed i i would have loved to see him closer though i really would have yeah i would have yeah it definitely would have made the the broadcast just more interesting on sunday because not just always Rose, does man he's so i'm I mean, Justin Rhodes is just so steady that it was, it was boring to watch. You can't catch a guy like that. Nope. When he's playing like that, you can't catch a guy like that. On 17, he hit that shot in, and we're talking about how boring Rose is. The most, like, cool thing I've seen him ever do was close his eyes, hand his club to his caddy, and then wink 
and then point at somebody after he stuffed that one. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Oh, I think he knew it was over. <laughs> he knew it was over. Yeah, he knew he had it in the bag, especially with the with the par five on the last hole. Oh, yeah, yeah. he's got it. I mean, he could. I mean, he could literally hit it off the face of the planet and still win that golf tournament. Putter. So, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, we're going to transition now to a little bit of golf gossip. T-Bone, what did you see in the golf gossip world this week? Wow, there is, uh, as usual, some pretty uh, juicy stuff out there. Um, so, uh, a lot of hearts were broken this week uh, with Michelle Wee officially being off the market. Oh, no. So, Michelle Wee is uh, locked up as of now. Um, about two or three weeks ago, uh, Michelle Wee posted on her Instagram um, saying she got this new sweatshirt from her from her heart, and it was like the Ooh. less than number numeral three sign. Okay. Am I painting the visual for you guys? Yes. Okay. So, who was this mystery man? We didn't know for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. It's now come out. It has now come out that it's Johnny West. So this is the son of Jerry West. NBA legend. NBA legend who's on the NBA logo, uh, for those of you that didn't know. And Fun fact. You know, kind of first <laughs> thoughts on um, kind of just like the, the son of a famous person or athlete. You just naturally kind of hate him. Um, <laughs> do you just kind of feel like everything. Is there everything? anybody that T-Bone likes? <laughs> Have we found anybody yet? We'll I mean, get there. We'll get I mean, he's Kingsbury. a huge Sanders Shoffley guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyways, you know, I, I thought, you know, screw this guy, he's Jerry West's son, he's dating Michelle Wee now, but um, I, I had an interview about, or saw an interview on him, and he kind of has embraced the, being the son of Jerry West, he's like, he kind of commented that, you know, this is my position, I'm going to get a lot of shit for it, but I'm going to make the best of this opportunity, it's a good opportunity, so I respect that. He's owning he, it. Yeah, yeah. he's... Yeah, elephant in the room. He knows it. But, uh, yeah, so the way that this uh, relationship was finally, I guess, Insta-fish. Is that a thing? Facebook-a-fish. I don't know. Insta-fish? Insta-fish? Insta-fish. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, the way it became official was uh, Michelle finally revealed the mystery man as uh, Johnny West and said, got to spend a the last couple of days with my, again, less than sign numeral three, mm -hmm. which is a heart. Yep. And, uh, yeah, you. as of right now, they're official. Um, I'll keep you guys posted on who, anything. Who, so, what does this guy look like? He's a good-looking guy. Is, is he he's, tall? He's tall. Oh, he's 30 years old. that kid is old. coming out of the womb oh, going straight D1. The <laughs> other, straight D1. <laughs> the other reason I didn't, uh, I kind of hated him was because he's the, he's head of basketball operations for the Warriors, which really pissed me off. Like, it's just annoying. I mean, talk about, like, a gift literally yeah. handed to you. <laughs> like, but, again, about the interview, he's embraced the the whole kind of role. And, yeah, he's he's living large right now. I'm sensing kind of a trend with golf gossip. You have, like, Cliff Kingsbury. Then you have Lucas Glover's wife. Then you have <laughs> jo uh, Michelle and Johnny. It's kind of an up-and-down <laughs> slope here. So, um, uh, so stay, stay tuned. tuned. Next yeah. week's going to suck ass. <laughs> yeah. Could be. Could be. Stay tuned for the pattern. Man, I love it. Also, but yeah, too, that's this week on golf gossip. Also, too, Mr. Fashion Guy, What you uh, was Tiger wearing pink on Sunday? Or was it red? I don't know. Ooh. What? I don't wow. know. I mean, if you had an HD TV, it was looking kind of pink. It was pink. Um, I don't know. There's an interesting case out there. Yeah. I, w I want to believe it was red, but I just it, don't think it looked he'd do pretty that. pink. I don't think he'd do that, but nah. maybe he's so old now that he just can't see as well. 
Does he think that's the same shirt? He's washed it so many times it's just faded. Yeah, Nike probably doesn't give him too many polos. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, yeah so he's got to wash them and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Okay, for sure. cool. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, so we're actually going to transition here to an interview we did a little bit earlier with Art Strickland. Art Strickland is a golf writer here in uh, in the state of Texas. He's based in the DFW area, and Art has written over 100 articles in various golf publications, such as Golf Digest, Sports Illustrated. Um, he's written over 10 books. He literally wrote the book on golf in Texas, on various golf courses in Texas. He's the man. Uh, we're very thankful to have Art on. He's also the president of the Texas Golf Writers Association. So now uh, here's the interview with Art Strickland. We are welcomed by Art Strickland. Art Strickland, how are you doing this evening? Hey, good to be with you guys. Uh, I'm glad. That I'm honored to be on this uh, three-and-a-par podcast and talk a little bit about golf and Talk a little bit about uh, the PGA show in Orlando. It's really uh, yeah, absolutely. No, we're we're really honored to to have you here. Um, you know, Art's for those listening. Art and my dad go way back in the day. Went to college together. He's a fellow Baylor right. Bear. Go Bears! <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah so Art, just give us a little bit more background yeah, right. on you, where you're from, and how'd you get in the golf. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I like to say I grew up in Dallas, and. Um, you know, start out working for newspapers, which anybody under the age of 30 may not have any idea what I'm talking about when I say newspapers, but, you know, where they <laughs> your front lawn and you go and pick it up and open it up and, you know, do it. That's so, a little different than yeah. podcasting now, right? Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> so I, I know that, you know, you mentioned I work for newspapers, share a lot of white years, but anyway, I did that for about 10 years and then, um, Went to work first at Golf Week magazine, and then for a Sports Illustrated Golf Plus, and now for Golf Magazine and Golf.com. So, you know, great to be in golf, and the good thing, and you guys are discovering this, there's just a lot of great Texas golfers. They're all the way from Byron Nelson to Ben Ho, you know, you know, Ben Crenshaw, and then you come into now and you got you know Jordan Spieth, that's great and sending champion in Houston. You know then you got legends like Jesse Burke over champions, and you got mm-hmm. uh, you know Doug Sanders the Peacock. So a lot of great players. Bryson DeChambeau is now living in Dallas, and so uh, great players, and that makes for a that keeps people employed. Now, Art, if you need to know anything about Texas golf, Art is the man to talk to. <laughs> I, I wrote the book, as they say. Link's Lord. You literally have written the book on it. The, the, the story of Texas golf, Link's War and Legends. That's fun. It's a lot of, a lot of good stuff. And, you know, it is amazing to me, Scott, and you've lived here you know, your whole life. And, you know, I mean, there's so many great Texas players, but every decade you have another great player, you know, because some places like Ohio, you know, players with, you know, with Jack Nicholas and Tom Laskoff from Ohio, but now where's mm-hmm. the great Ohio player? There isn't one. But every decade, every year, you know, you go from, like I said, you go from, uh, you know, Byron Nelson, Ben Hogan, you go to Lee Tremino, go to Ben Crenshaw, those, those guys retire. Let's go to Justin Leonard and Mark Brooks. Well, they're going to retire. So we need Jordan right. Smith and we need Patrick Reed. We need 
Bryson DeChambeau, and then, you know, eventually those guys will retire, and then we're going to have, you know, guys like a Scotty Schiffler or a Doug Gann or somebody like that. So always good right, players. Or like a Cole Hammer coming up through the ranks. Yeah, that's a great point, you know. I mean, Cole Hammer will be playing golf when, when I've got to push a wheelchair out to see him play, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, all right, so we kind of want to transition a little bit more to the PGA show. You spent the whole week out there last last week, right? I did, yeah, in Orlando, and pretty nice. It's like 78 one day and 71 the other. I can figure out why people retire to Florida now. That's kind of clear. But it was a great you- show. You know, um, about 40,000 people there, uh, T-Bone, which is, you know, more friends than Scott Pro even has, but uh, about 40,000 <laughs> people know that there. By a long shot. <laughs> and so, you know, tournament golf pros, almost every club represented there, golf pros. Then you've got, uh, you've got manufacturers, all the, all the clubs, you know, PXG had a huge booth there and, you know, Callaway and Titleist and, you know, uh, all the, Guys were there, and then you know all the manufacturers for anything you could think of, you know, uh, at tag. So that's what, that's about what I was what I was going to ask there. So we're talking about all these great players, you know, coming up to the ranks. What about more of our golf training tools and some some of the equipment that you saw that you haven't seen before? Um, people might not have gotten a chance to hear about if they weren't there. Is there anything that's really groundbreaking or anything that you think is going to change the game? Well, I, I don't know about groundbreaking change the game. I think one of the great things about golf is that you can play it so many different ways. And, you know, you could you could say there's no way I could be as technical as Bryson Chambwell. I need a uncluttered mind, you know. But, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of training aids, a lot of, you know, boy, a lot of range caddies, a lot of yards books. I break it up. One thing I'm seeing a lot of, and this is this, but a lot of the indoor, uh, golf, you know, training aids are like, um, a club corp, which owns the largest club, uh, you know, directional, largest club management company in America. And they're based in Dallas. They got a ton of clubs in Houston and everywhere else. Right. You know, they're really pushing the indoor, uh, golf simulators. So when the weather is bad, you know, when it's cold or rainy or whatever, you go out and hit balls for an hour on a simulator. And they, they did a, had, they had David Wetbetter, who, he, of course, you know, is Paul Faldo, a very famous teacher, but he was there just showing how realistic the simulators are. Because, um, the PGA of America new CEO, Seth Waugh, you know, he had some very good points. You know, in golf, I think it's good when you talk outside the box with golf. You don't think golf is the same all the time. And he says, you go to a course, you know, you can you can buy 18 holes of golf, you can buy nine holes of golf, but what if you only have time for six holes of golf? Why couldn't we sell you six holes? You know, why couldn't we sell you three holes of golf? You know, and so it does, golf doesn't have to, and he said that if you, you know, you got a business meeting or you got, you know, you got homework, you got something, all you have time for is six holes. You know, right. you and play, I that's that's still golf. That still counts as golf. 
I don't know if Scott gave you any of my background, but I'm actually a teaching professional in Houston, and we use TrackMan. We also have the simulators, and they have um, yeah mini courses on there. So we have we have three TrackMan, and we have a uh, a flight scope as well, which doesn't have the actual simulator, but it still picks up the ball flight and spits out all the numbers you would like. Um, so we we actually talked a little bit about that. You know, that's a great way of you know, starting people, if they don't have five and a half hours, six hours of right. travel time to get right. to golf, right. you know, come in, and it's very realistic. You can play Royal Birkdale, you can play St. Andrews, and you can come in, and if you want to be here for 30 minutes and play three holes, get after it. If you want to be here I for... You, that's all the time you got. Well, you've still done golf, and that's, uh, that's one thing. You brought up a good point. Uh, one of the other things I'm seeing a lot of is the uh, open the uh, golf race. You know, like on CBS, when you hit a shot and you see it, you can see the tracer. Now you can do right. that when you go to a range and you can hit the ball and see the tracer. Top golf and stuff. Top golf had another huge. I'd say the Top golf booth there shook it was as big as some of the traditional golf manufacturers. And you know, we could do a whole show on just Top golf and what it's done and how it's brought people into the game or something, but. They had a huge uh, presence there, and, you know, it was uh, with the track. You know, I I think that the days of people going to a range and pounding 40 balls and saying, man, I feel like I I hit a couple good, but I'm not really sure, but I think I did, you know. So you could see it arc and everything. That's really good. Right, and that's that's what we use here as well. We actually couple it with a slow-motion swing camera software. So you can actually see your swing and then what that swing produces, and we can kind of match them up and say, this is what's making it do this and that stuff. Right. If you get more technical, but then it also has the, the feature and capability of just getting out there with your buddies and playing. And don't you think that people, I mean, you, you do, don't you think people respond more when they can see what their shots are actually doing? Don't you think that Absolutely. has a bigger impact on them? Absolutely. So just hitting into the net or hitting a shot yeah. and saying, what did I do on that one? Yeah, how did that feel? Well, I don't know where to go. Well, I'm not really sure, but, yeah. That's yeah. right. I, I definitely think so. Yeah, truck man's big, flight scope, uh, you know, the indoor range. Uh, David Wedbetter said, which I did not realize, David Wedbetter said that in Korea, they actually play more golf indoors than they do outdoors, you know, because it's, it's almost like, he said in Korea, because, you know, it's a very small country and not a lot of land for golf. He said in Korea, golf is becoming almost like karaoke, where you could go to the bar and, you know, hit balls for an hour on the simulator and, you know, have a great time. And then you go to a regulation course. But we don't right. you know, we, golf. We, we actually talked about that a couple episodes ago on the podcast. Uh, we, talk, we were talking about that that technology and how you can play around a golf in almost 30 minutes tops right. and how, how, you know, something like that could really make a big impact in the States. I, one, one stat I heard at the show, which I had not heard this before. Maybe you guys have heard it or maybe you've talked about it. I don't know, but that, uh, that top golf has done some studies. of People golf will go to a regulation golf facility in the next six months. Uh, after going to Top Golf, and you know, for the most part, that twelve percent are people who have never been to a regulation golf facility. 
service is talking about. I think that's why you see the PG of America really kind of partnering with Topgolf to build new facilities. Right. Well, even I saw you mentioned Club Corp earlier. Club Corp uh, just bought a competitor, I believe. Of Topgolf. Yes. I believe that's is it correct. Big Shot? Is that what it's called? Big Shot. You're right, because they have Big Shot Lounge now. Yeah, and I believe, uh, I forget the, there's a former PJ Tour player who's setting that up, and they're, I believe, based out in Lubbock, but they have a big facility out in Lubbock, so it makes sense that they yeah. want to partner with Club Corp, you know, to bring it in, just get the average player playing. Well, I think so, and there's another place in Tulsa, I believe, where it's headquartered in Tulsa, called uh, Flying T. I think that's what it's called, Flying T. So, you know, I, I just believe, and I've been around my whole life, pretty much. Whatever we can do to bring people into the game is a good thing. And everybody doesn't have to be the same. You don't have to say, you know, he was, mm-hmm. uh, Seth Wald, the CEO, was saying, there are some places that you could play golf in yoga pants. No, not everywhere. Not <laughs> Houston Country Club or River Oaks or whatever. But, you know, go and play golf and enjoy the game and don't get hung up on 15 different rules or something. I, I I think we can't keep golf in a box. I think we've got to, you know, see it in all kinds of uh, formats. Absolutely, absolutely. What do you think about the rule changes so far for this year? You know, I was, talking, I was very interesting because I played in a tournament this weekend, and that was mm-hmm. probably the first time I have played with the flag in. And you know, kept the flag stick in when we putted. And mm-hmm. it's weird to me because, you know, I'm not used to doing that. But I think <laughs> it gives you a visual, gives you more of a visual. And also, you know, someone said, I never thought about this before, but somebody told me, he said, if you are a dyer of the putt, if you dye the putt into the hole, if that's your putting style, then leave the putt in all the time. And that would work right. great. If you charge the ball, you know, you're always – you're charging and you're going in or it's ending three feet past, then um, take it out. And I and so I'm, I'm to me I'm more of a dyer. If you watch me putt, which is not pretty, but if you watch me putt anyway, <laughs> most of the time I dye the ball into the hole. That's kind of the way I do it. And so he would just say, "Hell, I would benefit from leaving the flight in." I, I, just say, I guess the national is thinking about putting in a local rule where the flag has to come in at all times. You know, you can't leave it in the hole. So, Oh, interesting. Uh, you know, they yeah, have with, with how much slope they have on those greens, that makes sense. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, have you guys played much golf? Have you, all, have you had the uh, pin in when you played? What's kind of your experience on that? Well, I've only played one round this year so far. Actually, T-Bone and KJ played this weekend, so I'll let them I'll let them touch on it. Here's Steven. Hey, Art. Yeah, I did play this weekend, uh, but when I play, everything's a gimme, and I never really <laughs> actually make them on the hole. So, that, <laughs> I, no, I like the way you much. play there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but I, actually, Art, I had a question for you. Personally, I'm a big-time Cowboys fan, and Scott <laughs> was telling me you had a little bit of coverage about my boy Tony Romo. Um, so I'd love yeah. to hear your thoughts on kind of what he's done so far, where he's headed, and kind of what your vision is with Romo and his golf career. Well, I just say that Tony 
And I've talked to him a while. I've talked to people in Dallas. He wants to really play. That's really what he wants. You know, a lot of guys, they just like to go out and goof off with their friends and, you know, hit some balls or have some drinks or whatever. Tony is serious about it. And, you know, he is working with a teacher, same teacher that has worked with Matt Kuchar, same teacher has worked with Hunter Mahan. And so I think that Tony wants to do well. You know, he qualified for the first stage of Q School this year, which, you know, is tremendously hard considering how many good young players there are out there. So I just think as yeah. long as he puts the effort into it, because, you know, you guys know better than most, it's it's a tremendous lot amount of effort to get good on, on, the, on the pro golf tour. You've got to practice. You've got to practice, you know. But Tony, he shot. I covered him at Q School, and I think he may have shot 74 on the first round. He was 36 hole. So you play in the morning, have lunch, go play in the afternoon. So he shoots 74, comes in, signs his card, and his wife's there. And he says, Tony, where do you want to eat? He said, I don't want to eat. I want to go out and hit balls, get ready for the afternoon. <laughs> and that's what you've got to have to be successful. The PGA Tour. So as long as he puts in the time, I don't see why it can't be successful. Like Ricky Fowler told me last year, they don't get you a you don't get a sponsor exemption to Q School. You either make it or you don't make it. Those are right. those are your two choices. And so the fact he made it to the first stage is very impressive. And as long as he keeps working at it, I don't see why it can't be successful. But the way he is in predicting plays, maybe he could predict his golf career too. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that was really impressive the way he was calling that <laughs> that game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, our, you know, you've had a pleasure of meeting a lot of golf legends um, in your career. Who's the most right. interesting guy you've ever met? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Uh, you know, a lot. I mean, you know, I got, got a chance to uh, spend some time with Byron Nelson. Just what a kind mm-hmm. guy he was. Uh, people would come up to him and, you know, had no idea who these people were, but he acted best friend. You know, just such a kind guy. I'll tell you somebody else, a, a former U of H Cougar that is really a nice guy, and that's Jim Nance. You know, Jim Nance oh, yeah? has a has a great gift that I wish I he is great at remembering names. He really is. And wow. yeah, that's a huge talent. That is a real talent, and I don't have that talent. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, I, I you know just think because you know Jim Nance goes week to week to week on the PGA Tour or week to week on the NFL, and so just think about how many people he meets every week. But every time I see Jim, he always remembers my name. Always, you know, very friendly. And I was at a tournament in Houston one time. I think it was, must have been the Houston Open. And um, Jim's coming down from the tower, going on the stairs from the tower, and this guy comes up to him, a young guy, maybe 15, 16, goes, hey, Jim, how you doing? And, and Jim goes, my man, how's it going? And he spent like three minutes just talking to this guy. He had never been met before. And this guy walks away thinking Jim Nance is the nicest guy of all time, and he might be. Wow. so. You know, guys like that, very interesting. You know, uh, Lee Trevino certainly is an interesting guy who loves to play golf. Lee Trevino is a very rare golfer. Most golfers, 
And I would include Jordan Spieth and, you know, Bryson DeChambeau and all these young guys. Golf is not their hobby. That's their job. So right. when they're going to go out and have fun, well, it's not playing golf. You know, it's fishing <laughs> or it's, you know, hanging out at the house. Lee Trevino would play golf every single day if you let him. He just loves wow. to play. Loves to play with people. Uh, I One time he said, hey, Art, we got to go play golf one time. And I thought he was just pulling my leg. And, you know, I figured, hey, you're Lee Trevino. you got kind of people to play golf with. But every time <laughs> I saw him, he said, hey, let me go. And so finally I did. I played golf with him. And it, it was a great day because that's what he likes to do. He likes to play golf. He likes to tell stories. And he likes to enjoy the great game we're in. And that's why right. uh, we've all got a job doing this. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I love. I uh, yeah. I won. I won run in with Lee Trevino, and yeah, he just seemed like the nicest, nicest go lucky guy. It's uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting you say that a lot of these guys don't like to play golf on their free time because it is right. their right. job. Um, unlike us, when you know we literally plan our vacations around a golf course. Right. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, there's, like, there's, I guess that's maybe that's one of the kind of the dirty little secrets that I never get talked about on the pro tour. Most people, I bet Scott's this way, and you might be have played more golf resorts than PGA Tour guys have. Because if it's not on the PGA schedule, golfers, a pro golfer, hasn't played there. You know, they haven't right. played at Bandon Dunes because it's Bandon Dunes not on the PGA Tour. You know, they haven't played at Panners because Panners not on the PGA Tour. You know, they mm-hmm. go week to week playing different places, but, you know, you and I, you know, go to great, you know, resorts. They don't ever get to do that. So, you know, because we do it for fun, they do it for work and, you know, profitable work for some of them. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Well, Art, I know you've also, it's Scott again, I know you've covered a lot of the PGA, the PGA of America's headquarters. Moving to Frisco. Can you right. talk a little bit oh, more about that? Sure, uh-huh. You know, that's a deal really five years in the making, and and I got wow. first wind of it uh, maybe fall of uh, 2017, kind of worked my sources and talked to some people. And, you know, when it comes right down to it, it just makes perfect business sense because obviously Frisco's right in the middle of the country. You can bring people in from, you know, West Coast, East Coast, Midwest, whatever, you know, there's a huge DFW airport, maybe 20 feet, 20 minutes away from the new facility. And a four-lane tow road goes directly from the airport to the golf course. So, you know, very easy to get in. Now, you could fly in from Baltimore, land at DFW, and be on the first tee at the PGA facility in 30 minutes. And (laughs) so... That's wow. a, that's a great that's a great asset. And so you know, Omni's building a 542 room uh, luxury hotel, and that's going to be great. Uh, two golf courses, one by uh, one by Bo Welling, who did Blue Jack National, you know, right outside of there in uh, Houston, and then the other by uh, the Olympic guy who did the Olympic course and everything, Gil Hans. And so uh, two great golf courses, a uh, practice facility. And I don't know if y'all have been down to uh, the TPC Sawgrass at Ponte Vedra, Florida, but very similar to that. You're going to have 
36 holes of golf. You can have a luxury hotel. You can have a practice facility. You can have all that in the same kind of uh, radius, and you really never have to leave campus. You know, you'll have restaurants. and So it's going to be a great deal for all of Texas, really, but a great deal to fly people in. And already they promise, you know, two PGA championships are going to be played there. A Ryder Cup is, is set there. And, you know, the last Ryder Yeah, that's Cup what I was going to ask. Do you think the, do you think the Ryder Cup is actually going to be played in Texas? Because that would be huge, at least for those who live in states. Yeah, absolutely. As you guys know, the last Ryder Cup was at Champions Golf Club, you know, there in Houston back in the 60s before the Ryder mm-hmm. Cup was really a big deal. And, uh, so <laughs> yeah, Ryder Cup is, will be in, uh, will be at Frisco at two PGA championships at Frisco. And, uh, you know, it's just going to be great for the area. It's easy travel to get up there. You know, it's, it's a great facility and, you know, they partnered, you know, the city of Frisco was very, very aggressive in getting this done. They offered them a very lucrative deal. You know, the PGA of America had been in South Florida for 65 years. And so to uproot after 65 years takes a lot, but um, yeah, it's a great, it's uh, great, great thing for Texas. Yeah, I didn't realize you, you, said, you said right off the bat it took five years in the making. I mean, because by the time we hear about it, you know, the deal is pretty much done. So um, right. it really takes a long time, you know, being in the same place for so long to just uproot and move to a new state. Yeah, it is. and another good thing is all public. There's going to be no private anything. It's all public. And so, you know, that's a great place to get to play, you know, come, come play where the PGA Championship was, come play where the Ryder Cup's going to be in a couple of years. And, you know, I asked the CEO of Seth Law, I said, why did you make it all public? He said, we go to some great private courses, but we wanted this to be open to all people, and we wanted it to um, be available to all people. And so that's what we got. And, you know, as we like to say, everything's bigger in Texas. Well, that's certainly going to be the <laughs> case with the PGA headquarters. I love it. I love it. Well, well, Art, tell people what you're doing now because I know you – have uh, also have a travel business. Is that right? Sure. Uh huh. I'd be happy to. Yeah. I just uh, about a year ago, I formed a company called the Art of Golf Travel. That's a clever name, I know. With Art, <laughs> the Art of Golf Travel. But you know, I came up with that all on my own. But anyway, I just decided after doing this for thirty years, why shouldn't I take people to the great places I have been? You know, why can't right. I give them the experience I've gotten? And so, you know, that's what I've done. I I take people on great trips to places I've already been, and I know the people, I know the places, I know, you know, every everything about where we're going. So, for example, uh, I know, Scott, that you got to go to the Masters last year. And, I know, did. Great, yeah. great spot. You know, we stayed in Hilton Head. And, you know, we, we went to T-Bones, the, the VIP restaurant after the round, and a memorable time for sure. And uh, so that's what we're doing. We're taking people. I sold out a trip to Scotland this year. We're going to go to Old Course in St. Andrews and Canterbury and Dornick, Kings Farms, places like that. So we sold that trip out. And we've got a, a Ryder Cup preview trip to Whispering Straits where we're going to try to get back the uh, cup next year. So really that's what I'm doing, <laughs> taking people to great places. You know, I've got some people that are going to uh, Cypress Point in April. 
uh, a father and a son are going to Cypress Point in April, and I set that up for them. And so, you know, if you want any more information, all you have to do is just go to um, www.theartofgolftravel.com, theartofgolftravel.com, and it's got all the information. And, you know, the slogan of our company is, where do you want to go? Because everybody wants to go mm-hmm. somewhere. Everybody's got a bucket list that they want to check off. And so that's what we do. We help people with their bucket list. And, you know, with my experience of doing this for 30 years, down to a, a turnkey science. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I already mentioned uh, he took my dad and I out to the Masters last year. It was our first time. It was it was a fantastic It was a fantastic. Magical. Can't yeah, recommend. magical. Absolutely can't. Uh, my dad has also gone over with Art to Scotland, uh, right across the pond with the travel, and he he loved it. He couldn't stop talking about it when he got back. So, uh, you know, those who are listening, definitely uh, definitely contact Art to to knock off some of those bucket list courses. Absolutely, yeah. The Art of Travel dot com, and we'll have to have you. Like I said, we've got a trip to Bainton Dunes in July, and get to see that up by the coast, and then we've got a Ryder Cup preview. In August at Whistling Straits, almost a year to the date of the Ryder Cup next year. So a lot of great times, and we'll have to have uh, we'll have to have three hundred par listeners go with us. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, Art. You know, uh, thanks so much for coming on. We'll we'll wrap this up sure. here. Um, where can people follow you on Twitter and, uh, and stay up to date with your writings? Sure. Absolutely. I- and that, um, you know, Twitter is another very clever uh, tag I came up with, at Art Strickland. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it took me a long time to come up with that, but I came up with at Art Strickland, S-T-R-I-C-K-L-I-N. And follow me on that. Uh, obviously, the website, Art of Golf, The Art of Golf Travel, and then Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of good stuff. But also, you know, I still do a lot of writing for uh, Golf.com and Golf Magazine. Sports Illustrated just uh, finished up a uh, really interesting feature with Jack Burke Jr. We had lunch for an hour and 45 minutes uh, oh. last week when I was in Houston. And just fascinating stuff. And, you know, when I, if the Lord lets me be 96, I sure hope I'm not sharp as he is. <laughs> man, can he tell stories. But great stuff. So, you know, a lot of that's coming up. And, uh, SportsHorseRadioGolf.com, Avid Golfer, and still do some stuff, Global Golf Post. So a lot of good stuff, but I enjoyed being with you guys. It was a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Thanks so much. Everybody check out Art Strickland's writings. a fantastic writer, especially those in the state of Texas. He's really in the know of everything that's going on in the state. Real quick, what's your favorite golf course in Texas? Oh, in Texas? Well, I got two. So, you know, okay. I got North Texas, South Texas. I love Colonial and Fort Worth. I think that's such a historic gym and love the old oaks. Love that Hogan used to play there, Trevino and Nicholas. I love Colonial. And then I love Austin Country Club down in Central Texas. I think it's so yep. pretty right on Lake Austin. And, you know, um, and then the back nine kind of goes among the, the trees and stuff. So if you let me play at Colonial in North Texas and Austin Country Club in South Texas, I might not ever leave the state. I might just stay there all the time. (laughs) Absolutely. Fantastic. Hey, well, thanks so much for coming on, Art. We really appreciate it. 
All right, that was our interview with Art. Thanks again so much, Art, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Everybody go follow him on Twitter at Art Strickland. Uh, also, the Art of Golf Travel. Like I said on the interview, I've I've been a part of, of his travel endeavors, and he's definitely he, he definitely does a first class all the way. So if you want to knock some courses off the bucket list, go with Art on the Art of Golf Travel. So there are a couple of really quick headlines I want to get into uh, before um, – before we close out here, next week is the Waste Management Phoenix Open. T-Bone is actually in studio at Golf Smart right now wearing a Waste Management hat. Have you been to the tournament before? Oh, yeah. I was there last year. I uh, Hell of a time. I actually... Man, I totally forgot. I saw you there. I went to the tournament there last year. And Look, look, that just kind of shows forgot? what the Waste Management is oh. like. That, that is it right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure we got a picture together, too. <laughs> I'll try to get that picture Look, for you guys. Look, the Waste is a party, <laughs> and it is so much fun. Big fan. It was a good time. Also, this is the last broadcast for Johnny Miller Yes. before he retires. Interesting, too, his broadcast is – or his last day is going to be on Saturday, which I think is pretty interesting. He doesn't want to, I guess, take away from Sunday final round, whoever wins. Talk shit about everybody in the field on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wonder if he's going to choke this week. Whoa, whoa, did you, whoa, did you say choke? Signing Johnny? off, Johnny You can't Miller. say that. Yeah. Honestly, this is probably just a selfish move. He knows that no one's going to watch on Sunday because of the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a good point. The waste management is like it's it's the highest grossing revenue of any PGA Tour tournament, frankly, because of just pure alcohol sales and ticket or yeah, and ticket sales, but uh, yeah, you're right. He probably doesn't want to end on Super Bowl Sunday, yeah. which I mean, I mean that's a great tournament, and the fact that it always lands on Super Bowl Sunday kind of sucks. But they have overcome that to just make the tournament amazing. So, so props to them. Yeah, for doing that. Absolutely. <laughs> we gotta get uh, we gotta get KJ out to the waste management. I have a, I just got a hat that says wasted on the tight. I wore T Bone yesterday. <laughs> it's a white hat. All green, wasted. That's it. Yep. It's pretty impressive. I will say that. Yes. And it's actually it's a pretty logistically well-run tournament, too. There are some out there that just frankly aren't. But, no, I had a good time out there. We'll see if we go again here in the future. <laughs> uh, so we're going to end here with our John Daly quote of the day. He said, I hit the ball as hard as I can. If I find it, I hit it again. Pure genius. That's that's Brian or Bryson DeChambeau like. That's gotta yeah, be as definitely. much. That's what he's been studying for. So simple yet so eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, oh man. That's awesome. Well, thanks for tuning into Three Under Par podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, wherever you're listening to this, please give us a five star rating and also a review, uh, preferably Apple Podcast. But wherever you are, we appreciate it because we want to hear your feedback on how we're doing. Um, the best way to get a hold of us is at Three Under Par Pod on social media. That is the number three, Three Under Par Pod, and we'll give you the follow back hashtag team follow back forty eight hours or less. Thanks so much for tuning into the Three Under Par Podcast, where little white balls live. <laughs>